Hey, everybody, in this episode, we called it Impossible to Happen. <laughs> we introduce, number one, the improbability of Ari Ben Shushan and Yasi Ben Shushan sitting down and actually making what is now the Two Cents podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about where we come from. We're going to talk about our schools. A bunch of crazy stories are coming through. A lot of people wanted to know about our parents, about our upbringing. Well, we'll touch upon that. We'll talk about the Rebaim that we've had who impacted us. And we'll talk about simply buckling down and deciding to follow your dream. This is really going to be a great, great podcast. And it's dedicated for a four Shalema of Yeshua Ben Bella. And it's powered, of course, by the Meaningful Minute podcast, but it's brought to you by our terrific friends at the renowned rescue organization, Yad La'achim. The truth is that, like this podcast, impossible to happen. Yad La'achim also makes the impossible happen. They go into Arab villages and they rescue Jewish women and their children. A true pidyon shvuyim in our day. Go ahead and check them out at yadlaacham.org, and we're going to talk so much more about the amazing rescue work that they do and beyond later in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. This is Ari Ben-Shushan. And this is Yassi Ben-Shushan. And this is the Two Cents Podcast. Brought to you and powered by Meaningful Minute. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Yassi, how in the world did this happen? This is this is crazy, right? Because we've been talking about this for forever, and it's one of those it's one of those things. I I'm, I think I think old people do that. I don't think it's just us, but it's one of those things that anytime we're together, everybody has like you know that bucket list of things that they want to do. Right. And you and I have wanted to do this forever. Right. Uh, by the way, this sounds like you even started. Moving. Hey, everybody. Um. So I'm Ari Ben Shushan, and this is my brother Yasi Ben Shushan. Uh, and uh, we are doing the Two Cents podcast, right? Um, powered by Meaningful Minute, and this is going to be one crazy ride. Uh, Yossi and I were just discussing how in the world, how in the world did this even begin? Well, I mean, the um, thought, the thought about it, though. I mean, like let's let's really go back here for a second, because let's be honest here, although. I'm sure, Ari, you're going to tell everyone that you're an avid podcaster listening to person <laughs> without a question, without a question. One of those, one of know, those see, people who, not... when they work out, they don't listen to music, they listen to podcasts, like that avid of a... So, so we didn't know what a podcast was. But anytime we would be together or, you know, everyone would always be like, you know, you should do a podcast. And it's something we always spoke about because it, it, would, it would be really, really enjoyable to do. And then, <laughs> and then nothing. That and, was and it. That like, was my see, point. Hold on. That that silence that we just had. That silence wasn't two seconds. We went and we just decided to cut it down for everybody. That right. silence was about four years long. Where Yassi and I would bump into each other every once in a while. I'm like, Yas, um, what do you think about the podcast? Like, yeah. right. We, we should show, so do a podcast. And I know about podcasts because I, like Yossi pointed out, am a podcaster. Right. Um, so, and uh, right. I know what it takes to make right. a podcast. And I looked at Yossi and I said, because I know what it takes to make a podcast, there's no chance that you and I will ever get our heads wrapped around the right. possibility right. Of, of, of ever doing right. such a thing. Right. Do you remember... So, 
do you remember we um, we actually sent each other? It was after we did we did some. I don't remember which speech it was. It might have been. Uh, it was in uh, Queens, Rabbi. Uh, might have been in Queens. Well, Queens was, I think, the first one that we ever really did together. Together, like outside of places that we yep. worked together. But um, we, we were we were talking about the idea, and I think we got as far as to send each other links from Amazon of like stands that hold your phone to podcasts. <laughs> that was that was like the most we had to we lay holding. down. We had to lay down for like two weeks after that. <laughs> Was way too much work. We started to try to order <laughs> mic stands and lights. <laughs> it took five minutes. And then I said, oh, look, they came out with earplugs that are right. 34s instead right. of 33s. And I completely lost a train of thought. Right. Now is it. Right. But even past that, you see, what people don't know, um, I guess, about the Menstruations, and we have to talk about um, our little upbringing, I think, in a minute, just, just right. to get this, get this party started, um, is simply that there are so many things we're not good at. Right. There are so many things, and certainly... Most of it. Most of it we're not good most at. Of what, <laughs> most now, of whatever. People may say, well, what's... Yeah, well, what's it? And the answer is, that's right. <coughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Whatever it could possibly be. Right. Um, fundraising, money stuff. <laughs> people just said to me, people yeah. just said, you know, you, know, you and your brother, uh, you guys should do a podcast... And um, you just go on Anchor, and yeah. <laughs> they started giving us apps that we could download. Right, just go on, and you just and the people will pay. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what we're gonna Nine do. seconds later, I completely on purpose made myself forget that conversation. I couldn't find it the app store. That, I couldn't even find the app yeah. store in order to get it. <sighs> it was too much. And then Baruch Hashem. Right. In his sweet glory yeah. from down heaven's grace, he came to us in a light of shimmering gold right. with his beautiful red, red hair. <laughs> his red locks of flowing gorgeousness. They came about and said, hey, guys, my name's Nachi. Right. right. And I'm from Meaningful Minute. And in his calm, sweet demeanor, he said, you guys should do a podcast. And we said, yeah, Nahi, we'd love to do a podcast, but we just got around figuring out the whole Zoom thing for the first time. We don't know how to do anything. We know how to teach Tyra, and we know how to make jokes while we teach. And we know how to filter out the references of the movies that we shouldn't let people know we've seen. <laughs> Th those, are, those are the things that we can do really well. <laughs> really? So, but aside from that, that's it, Nachi. You know, we, we don't have much more. And so Nachi, Baruch Hashem, came along and said, guys, I got this. I got everything. I'm going to find you the best photographers, the best audio, the best everything that you need. And Yassi and I looked at each other at that conversation and said, what do we need photographers and audio for? <laughs> we said, Nachi, we both have iPhones. Isn't that enough? Isn't that what we need to have? And, and poor Nachi just, he just put his head, uh, just, just to explain to everybody, at least for me, my lack of knowledge, my own moronacy. Right before we started this right now, everybody was like, by the way, Ari, do you have on like a headphone or something? I said, why? I'm like, Ari, uh, you need to have it because the audio, the distortion, and I had no idea when anybody was saying no clue. So Baruch Hashem, Hashem, thank you. Thank One you for sending the, uh... us such a great yid. One of the funniest things, like someone, someone messaged me the other week 
uh, someone was uh, talking to me actually in shul the other week, and he was saying he's like, you know, when you edit your uh, your clips to send out, if you use this and this to edit it, and he goes to this whole spiel about editing it, and I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, I don't know him that well, so I'm looking at him, I'm like, I don't know if you're superbly funny. Or if you truly <laughs> think that I do all that, that would be insane. I, I wish I could do all that. I have no idea. The amount of work. There's some poor guy. And Nachi half like introduced us to him. or I think it's him um, in Israel that, that has to sit there listening to all of our speeches <laughs> and picking out minutes. That poor guy. I hope he goes to like Ramilich Bitterman or he goes to like whoever else in Eretz Yisrael just, just to, just to, you know, dilute a little bit of what he has to hear. Because one thing I definitely disagree with you, Ari, I don't think we're that good on filtering out <laughs> the movie references that we shouldn't know. <laughs> So Yossi, now, yes, now you know the ones that I actually filter out. Mm. <laughs> I hear. Okay, yeah, that. I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, I hear. So Yas, today I wanted to talk about our origin story. Yeah. Funny enough, last world. week I was giving a speech uh, a few days ago. Yeah, I was giving a speech. I think it was Wednesday night to a, a group. It was a question and answer, and we were waiting for everyone to come on. And the woman running it said to me, "She's like, you know, for the for the first question, the girls wanted to know." you know, what your background is, like, where are you from? You know, how did you grow up? You know, how did you? And I didn't want to say anything, you know, too early about the podcast or anything. So I was just like, just have them wait, you know, have them wait a little bit. You'll hear everything. Trust me. This question we're going to skip there for now. <laughs> yep. Oh, how did this even happen? By so, miracle. That's how. Now, why are we saying this? I mean, like, why did we want to start with this idea? Um, so, number one, we should let everybody in the world know this is not scripted or anything. You know, right. we just had an idea. I'm just going <laughs> to. In case you it. thought, and in case you thought, because of all the, <laughs> all the awesome, you know, footwork we're doing <laughs> over here, it right, might have been scripted. Like, this is obviously they're reading off of, they're reading off of teleprompters. Obviously, <laughs> somebody is typing that quick with that many words. Um, and that's right. the only reason why they're doing that. <laughs> The reason why we're saying this is because we also wanted to inspire. Meaning, the reason why we wanted to do a podcast, Baruch Hashem, there are many, many podcasts out there, and there should be many more. But we wanted to inspire, I guess, in the way that Hashem gave us the talent to go ahead and do. And that inspiration only for at least the way we go about it, the way I go about it is, is that it happens when we're able to communicate to people the entire picture. And, and, and that's kind of what we wanted to give to everybody um, in this first podcast. So Yossi and I, uh, we come from Brooklyn, New York. Little huh. shtetl. There's <laughs> not many Jews. Yeah, I mean, it, hold on. If, if you're listening to this on a podcast, because we're doing this with video and audio, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you didn't see what just happened, <laughs> I, I said Brooklyn, New York, and Yossi and I both just sighed. Just, <sighs> just a sad sigh it's of, ugh. Nothing that's broken. We, we, we have, we, have we, we love cement and rusty fences, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, it was just so great to think that the world started on East 13th and ended on East 12th. And yeah. that's just all there was to it. Yeah. Um, but we grew up um, there, Baruch Hashem, our, uh, our parents, um, Abba and Mami, they should live on Me'a Vesrim Shana in health and happiness. Um, they brought us up over there. We went to very, very, 
yeshivas, yeshivas. I, I don't think we should say names or anything else. There's no reason for it. Um, but we are we are Sephardic by nature. And <laughs> what does and that even mean? Going to we're Sephardic. It's not even a word. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> 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 well, yes, what, what that means we're is, not. Is by that the way, we're not. We're Sephardic by we we're Sephardic even before. Yeah. Go ahead. We're Sephardic by Masora right now. I'm saying our, our, we're we're half. Yeah. We're so half Sephardic. Certainly by so. I, what I was going to say was which is that that because by nature, meaning that because like we'll get upset even before we get upset, like, you know, <laughs> our, our anger will kick in 10 minutes before we even are supposed to get angry. Right. And then certainly in our heritage of who we are is that we are Sephardic, but we went to very Ashkenaz yeshivish yeshivas. Right. And we would watch things in, maybe a little bit of a different way. We would see things in a bit of a different take. Right. Um, I, I, I think that most people, I remember my, uh, one, one of the rabbis we had in elementary school. Um, you know, we had a TV growing up, which is going to tell this to everybody. You know, there was a black and white TV that you had to change the channels with a, with a wrench. That's, that's what we had. <laughs> True story. We literally had but, a uh, pliers. It was pliers. We had pliers um, on top of the TV it was this little black and white about uh, I would like if I were to tell you, Ari, the inches, the inch size of that TV. Now, as an adult, your head would fall off. You'd be like, no, there's no every laptop on Earth is yeah. bigger than that thing. Um, we had a um, yeah, we had the pliers on the top and we had a, a coat hanger, a coat hanger. And the TV antenna. would overheat. <laughs> and it was it's like. It needs it needs its rest. <laughs> it served us so well. Here, give it some bran and it let did. it just lay down inside the barn for a little bit. It was incredible. Oh my god! One of us had to hold so, the hanger. Yeah, we had to hold the hanger to get right reception to the three channels that we had. You know, we weren't <laughs> dealing with much right yeah. over there, and one of them was PBS. So I shall not so. But I, yeah. I bring this up because um, one day one of the more evil rebellion that I had. Uh, he saw the way that I was playing during recess and we were playing like cops and robbers and all the other very yeshivish kids, when they would shoot their guns, it would be like, Pekech, Pekech. and I was using nuclear warfare. We're like going sideways gangster styles. <laughs> yeah. I, I, are you kidding me? I just had a Gatling gun. I was just like, I, I was just, just shooting people. Mm. And like my Rebbe was watching and even the guys who got past the Gatling gun, they'd be like, I got you. I'm like, dude, you're stepping on a mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may have gotten me, but you're in a worse predicament yeah. right now. And I was able to really hold my own when it came to different kinds of imaginary warfare, which told tale to the Rebbe that I was somebody who obviously grew up with a TV in the house. And I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but you know, afterwards he came up to me and he said to me, Ari, I want to talk to you. Now, yes, what's the name of the psychology when um, the captor, when the one um, who is the one who captured you, oh my gosh, captured you, the, the captive and the captor, when the guy who's in charge Stockholm is actually syndrome. nice, the Stockholm Syndrome. So That's my Rebbe... So my Rebbe looked up in Stockholm Syndrome how to do this because, you know, he would hit us 
all day. You know, uh, he must have had a, a really tough life, and it makes sense to take it out on eight year olds. So he would, <laughs> but now all of a sudden he came up to me one day and. <sighs> That was, you know, he always had that, was he how had he that used to breathe. Yeah. nasal and he would, and, and he just, he like leaned in and he said with his Rebbe coffee breath, he came in and said, Yingle, <laughs> I want to talk to is he you. The, is he the wish from Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> yeah, see, I wish he was the wish from Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> At least I would have gotten some candy before he fried me. You know, here he just and, and and I said, "What?" You know, he he's what is that? All those muscles on his face were working ever so hard to smile. You know, it was I was hearing all of the cracks. It's you know, as he did that, and he said, "Yingle, I just want to ask you a question." I said to him, "Sure," and he said to me, "Do you have a television in the house?" And I obviously had to lie, you know, and I obviously had to say, no, we didn't. But we saw the world initially as children from a very different perspective, um, I think, than our peers, than the people that we grew up with. Uh, our imaginations are, should just be made illegal. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the way that our brains work sometimes is just crazy. Um, both of us have been thrown out of very many places. Um, because of our big mouths, because of the way that we would think uh, things should be said or, or, or how they're meant to come across. But I think the one thing that always sat with me, Yasin, you tell me like if you felt the same. Whenever Rebeam would teach, I would just think to myself, I could do that so much better. I could have said that story so much more lifelike, with so much more feeling. You know, why didn't he pause at that moment? Like, why didn't he say it with those voices? Like, why didn't he come across that way? And so from like the youngest of times, that's how I always looked at things, thinking that I can take this Tyra and I can run with it to a place that I don't think the world has ever seen. I don't know. What was your feeling in that? No, so <clears throat> I, I listen, I agree to the I, I, I agree to all of it. You know, our imaginations. And I, I don't want anyone to think also I I care, but I'm saying I don't want anyone to think that like it was only it was only TV. Like my my parents. So I, just a little bit further back, right? My father, our father came over from Morocco when he was 13 by himself, right? No no family. His parents weren't by his wedding. Saying this is old school. This is like it wasn't that long ago, but it was it was a completely different world. You know what people had to do back then. And um, well, sorry, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. He didn't come by. It's not like Life of Pi. You know, he wasn't on no, like. No, 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 no. I mean, by himself without wood. family. No. He right. came, right? Revolver uh, Kalmanovich brought him over from, uh, from Morocco to Namir. Um, he came with the, uh, with the group of Moroccan, you know, Moroccan boys that came over to Namir. And he grew up in Namir, um, married my mother, who grew up also uh, in a place like Morocco. It was called uh, Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. And it was about both, as back both have sand. <laughs> yeah, that was the beginning and end of the comparison between there and Morocco. Was she grew up? Yossi, how did Abba even like? I, I don't know. The first time I we went to Brighton Beach, and mommy was like, "Look how beautiful this is." <laughs> you know, the Man. beach is on Morocco. It's like a tugboat going <laughs> right. by. There's you know, smoke and, and like pulling pulling syringes out of Hypodermic his leg, needles trying the floor. 
Yeah, trying not to get his legs cut on all the broken glass <laughs> and stepping over all of the homeless derelicts. The glory and that Mommy's is Coney like, Island. This is Coney Island. Give a look at it. Yeah, Abba came from Morocco, right. one of the most exotic destination places right. that humanity has ever seen. The beaches right. over there are legends. Right. And, yeah, and Abba's just like, bay. he grew up over there. And Abba's like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, it's nice, Aline. <laughs> they grew up and that was fish. it. A lot of fish, she said. But yeah. So you know, but my my father grew up in the man. He wanted us to learn Yiddish. Um, Abba always told me he wanted us to. One of the reasons that we went where we went was that he wanted us to learn Yiddish. Um, because it'll said, be a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's the next big thing. <laughs> no, he, he just said, in case <laughs> the Third Reich has another coming and right, they take yeah. over the world. Yeah. No, he wanted he wanted us to learn Yiddish because in his day to get into the best. You know, Shiram of the biggest Russian Shivas, you had to speak right. Yiddish or you didn't. Uh, and, you know, until and, and till today, you know, our, our brother Ellie, you know, he 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 rocks it out in Yeshivas, you know, uh, in, in all these, you know, big, big, big places because he he he, he can speak Yiddish. And uh, so you want to Ellie's more Yiddish. comfortable in Yiddish than in English at this point. I at think. this point. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> but my mother was is superbly Americana, you know, and she was very strict on our education. Um, as far as us knowing about the world, us understanding things. And, you know, she would um, have us, you know, read books. And, like, books were so big in our house. Like, there's things that, like, we think that's normal. It's not. It's not that, like, books were, like, such a big part of our house. Yes, comic books mainly, but still. <laughs> there are words inside of the pictures. And, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it, it was a big thing. So I think we were coming from such a different place even before we were born that, that yeah. marriage and those two worlds coming together were so different to begin with. We didn't have anyone to compare ourselves to in any way. No one was similar to us. No one shul, yeah. you know, on the one hand had zero talking and the frumest of the from and unbelievable. And, and then our other shul had people driving in on Shabbos and uh, coming in in sandals. Like no one had that sort of. So we were exposed from a very young age to be very different, just v think very differently about everything. And my mother one one of the things that you know would also is that like when you go to that from of a of yeshiva and nowadays i think they're coming around when you go to that from of yeshiva there's a lot of uh, you know guy talk the guyim the guyim shkatsim you know and and like the english teacher is going to get beaten up you know and and things like that my mother was friends with every garbage man on our block like every mechanic every she everyone knew her everyone right she was so nice to every single one of these people and it, and gave them such respect that it just Immediately, I think just from the beginning, we had no choice but to think about things and see things very, very differently. Um, and yes, we spent a lot of our time as children inside the, our Chinese next door neighbor's house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crying out loud. Yeah. You know, we had a Chinese uh, next door great, neighbor. Great, great, great guy. We found out years yeah, later we're missionaries. Hebrew. Yeah. This goes to show how well Ben Shushan's pay attention. <laughs> They were missionaries and they never got they us. We must have left that house a million times. They were like, what is going on? <laughs> they were J witnesses and we would be in there all the time. And, and, and we didn't know that, that maybe they were just trying. And then Richard ended up going off to Israel to, His become, name was uh, Richard. to become a brain surgeon. And now he speaks Hebrew. 
like that was our growing up inside a, a very um, yeshivish, very Yiddish um, kind of a speaking place. But at the same right. time, the dichotomic value in our life of so many of these other things coming at the same time. Right. Um, we Baruch Hashem have had good Rebbeim uh, who, who have affected us. You know, um, we've seen that um, with Abba, certainly that Tyra is the main thing. So a lot of times, a lot of friends of mine who I meet later on, they're just like, I don't get it. You know, ha- what? You know, they don't even have words. It's just like, Ari Ben Shushan, we knew you back when you were a teenager. Right. And we knew you back when you were 20. We knew when you were 32. We knew you last week. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it doesn't make sense. And what they don't know is, is that the house that we grew up in you had to become a Tamil Chacha. Like, like, there was nothing else right. that held value in, in our home right. like knowing Tyra. Right. And so that was always a value that right. we kept in our minds. But it's not to say that we didn't have many, many other things pulling us down. And yes, we weren't that smart um, in learning. I don't know about you. I, you know, I did okay. I did okay. But I wasn't... I wasn't always bringing home hundreds on my Gemara test for sure. I was never somebody uh, who was just acing everything all the time. My reading was um, okay, but it really wasn't the best. I don't know. I, um, I remember a little differently about you. If I'm what I, <clears throat> I think I think I thought you were, you were a very good student. No. Yes, yes. I think compared to what was going on in the house, maybe I was doing you know okay. Right. Maybe but, yeah. But the guy, but the guys in my class, yeah, no, I, I was, was yeah. I was never, I was never considered in the top anything oh, really? in any of the L, L, elementary school classes. So much so that one of the rebbeim um, in elementary school at the end of the year went over to Abba, and he I said to this. him, "Your your your son is crazy, and he needs real psychological help." Right, you know, and I'm not saying the guy was wrong. <laughs> Abba was upset. Abba was just upset because he came to me at the end of the year and said it in almost like a vicious kind of a tone. Right. Um, so, you see, the reason why I'm pointing this out is because certainly in elementary school growing up, we had nobody who cared about us. Yeah. Not one Rebbe. I didn't have, like, anybody there who actually, you know, yes, you read all these Gedolim stories. Mm. Uh, you go through all of these books, and, and God bless them. I love art scroll, and... I love all of the stories that they come about, but it always, you hear how when he was from his youngest of age showing promise. Right. You like, know, how the father said, well, this one's the Mitsuyan and this one's going out. And I want from the get-go, yes, I want everybody to know right. that maybe back in the 1800s, early 1900s, or maybe 50 years ago, or maybe 40 years ago, you had to be like something in order to reach your Tafkin in affecting people. Right. But today... Yes, right. and this is what I'm proud of. Today, you can be as moronic as you or I, right. but you can still believe enough in yourself and tap into enough of your own talents if only you believe in yourself. Right. Even if the rebellion and the powers that be didn't. Now, we're going to talk about how much Mami and Abba did believe in us, I think, by the Chinuch thing. Yeah, because yeah. we had parents... We had no, parents no, no, who but believed I think in us Rebbe. beyond anything. Yeah, no, but stick to the school side and the Rebbe side here just for a minute because I, I, I think it's important. Look, look I, I agree with everything that, that you're saying. I also think, though, you know, at a certain – just one, one caveat that I, I don't think you're I, – I think it was very different back then. 
I think things okay. were very, very different back then. You know, nowadays, if a kid doesn't go to Mincha on Shabbos, right, he's at home, he doesn't go to Mincha on Shabbos, the parents, or a lot of parents, will call the school and be like, why is he not going to Mincha on Shabbos? At, you know, in, in our days, there was no such thing like, you know, if you didn't go to Mincha on Shabbos, your parents were afraid the school was going to find out. Like, it was a different right. mentality. Yeah, well, the, the school it, was it, not was there to show you love and, and, and give you hugs and appreciation and acceptance. That's not what they were there for. They were there That's to true. give you the information. And everything else lied in the responsibility of the home. And, and I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I'm just saying that it was, it was blanket back then. And, yeah, there were stars right. that stuck out, you know, of Rebbeim that were, like, mind-blowing. And they have books written about them and everything. <clears throat> not saying not. But, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it was just a different – I think it was just a different time. Um, true. You know, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm. I'm not also, saying like cry me a river. You know, no, yeah, I understand. Meaning, I'm not saying I feel bad, but but I, I I'm just trying to put this nikuda forward that it could be yes, it, it could be was in spite of it. Meaning, it could be it was something where because we felt like you know I can yeah, say no that question. story or I can teach that gemara or I can do that better. And so, yes, let's, let's jump down to this. So, Baruch Hashem, maybe we'll talk about our Rebbeim, because we, we all had good Rebbeim also in high school. I had fantastic Rebbeim. Um, but then, like, it came to a certain point that I decided, that's it. You know, I got to buckle down. I remember Abba once said to me, he said that, I don't think anybody should ever get up and give a speech before they know Shas. You know, like, like, like before, but before they know everything, because he's like, how can you get up and say anything if you don't know every single Gemara possible? And right. that speaks very much to that old school mentality. Right. Um, I, I wish I knew all of Shas, but it seems that um, that famous muscle of the Chavetz Chaim, uh, you know, the the one with the fire in the water. Should, right. should we even say it, or, or or do we believe that everybody knows it? I, um, sure. Yeah, the uh, place is the place is burning down, and they're purifying the water before. And the guy who told them to purify water for drinking said, "What are you doing?" And they said, "We're purifying." He said, "No, when there's a fire, just use whatever you have." Right. Wow, that was the quickest that was ever said. That was. Um, yeah. You even say so, one Rabbi Isai. Rabbi Isai! Yeah, <laughs> so, so we even do that. But the point of that is simply we had to jump out there and we had to start, but it wasn't without trying to really pack in um, as much Torah uh, into our minds and to continue learning uh, as, Look, as, as, as much as we can. You I, know, think, to process. I, think, so, I think one of the best things that happened in our upbringing through being different was that idea. Because you know, what, I had a similar story with a Rebbe um, to your to your TV story. The thing is, this Rebbe, he came up and he pulled me to the side, and he said, um, he said, he said, similar as I can I ask you a question. I said, yeah. I said, and I saw him like he was he was working on himself. To, as a third grader, he's working right. on himself. He's trying to he's trying to he's trying to work it up, and then I saw him go. He shuddered. He shook. Uh, no. <laughs> I promise you, he pulls out a pen and he writes down on a piece of paper the word TV and a question mark. No He couldn't way. say the words. He couldn't, he couldn't say the words. So he wrote Mid. it on a piece of paper with a question mark. And I'm like, I, I felt such, it wasn't a matter of lying or not lying. Right? I, called, I felt such shame. What do you think a kid is going to say to you right then? A third grader. I felt such shame right then. The one thing that I think so many people have is that I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing, and therefore, you know, and I'll prove it to you, and therefore I can't influence or I can't do or I can't, what do you call it? it I, I've been exposed to the same things you have. Th th there's no difference there. 
everyone, and this is where I, 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 I was disagreeing with you a little bit before. I don't think that's really what you meant to say, but I disagree with you a little bit before, which is that I think everybody can influence people. It's just yeah. not everyone needs to yeah, sit yeah, in front yeah, of a camera to do it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. If, if, if something I said may have had a connotation towards the opposite, so then yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Keep on going. But I absolutely no, agree so, with that. So to me, the, what, what, was, what was so big is that there was no steer to the fact that maybe in your life there are things that, that, that you do. You, yeah, you read a comic book. Yeah, you what do you call it? When, when you're chilling at home and at home you're going to read this or do that. Th- there's no shame in having a certain amount of stira to you. It, there isn't. You're, you're still striving for what's right. And I don't think, Ari, at any point of our lives did we think we were going forever with all of any silliness that we had. And no point did we think that that was... It was always, you're going to grow out of this. You're going to, at a certain point, you're bigger than this. At a certain point, you're better than that. At a certain point, it was always that. But the one focus that was always there, how do you prove that you're bigger? How do you prove that you're better? Was learning. And we yeah. were horrific I mean, look, students. Yes, we, we didn't spend enough time. We were horrible. I was such a bad student. I honestly, I cannot begin to, to emphasize that enough. I was such a bad student that throughout everything beginning to end English Hebrew uh, uh, through high school everything I was a very 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 bad student at the end of the day we were we were you know I guess it would be an interesting question I don't know I would ask all of our siblings but you know what was it that th- there is the showmanship there's no question to that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie you know what you were saying no, before obviously uh, it's a Hashem I'm, I mean yes yeah yes we, we, we have to say first of all the Siata de Shemaya is is glaringly, blindingly obvious um, in so many of the things from camp when we were able to right. literally do plays and yeah, big shout out, big shout out to Romamu, yeah, to, to Camp Romu, to Q on seventeen, to Menachem Hands, to Avi, to I mean to Rabbi Kasus, to Rabbi, Rabbi Pfeiffer, Kassus, yeah. you know to. Uh, which which we got thrown out from. Uh, let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah, one of the you, camps we I got never got thrown out, out from. I never got. Oh, you didn't out. get thrown out. So, so so I got thrown out. Uh, they let me back in. <laughs> I got thrown out. You got thrown out and for then, good reason. It wasn't like <laughs> no, it wasn't like I'm they just came up anybody. to you and they were like, uh, the dark one out. Right. Like that's not what happened. No 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 no. It was it was all day a good reason why I got thrown out. <laughs> and no, but Yossi, I felt it was like. Um, in Highlander, when one immortal sees another immortal, and it's like, Whoa. There can only be one. So, there can be only so one. So Rabbi Kasus Rab, Rab, Rabbi Kasus is Moroccan. And I think the moment he saw me that first time was just like, Woo! And he came over and he's like, I know you. And, and and that was that. But no, he had very, very good reason to throw me out. One of the one of the people that I'm very close with to this day, it's by the so way. It's so funny you're saying that because um, Rabbi Kasus loved you, by the way. Yeah, that that was the thing. One time he he said, by the way, yes, he said one of the most endearing things that any human being has ever said to me, and I've been married for 15 years. <laughs> and he said one of the most sweetest things. One time was before Marv on 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 Maitre Shabbos, and he asked me to, to to get up and to be the chazan for Marv. And you know, he was waiting for everybody to quiet down. And he came over to me while he was waiting for quiet down. He said to me, You know, Arthur, he would call me Arthur. <laughs> he said, You know, Arthur, if we were the same age. If we were together in camp at the same time, I think we would have been best of friends. And, and, and that, that was such a, a telling, beautiful statement yeah. um, to me. So, no, no, I, I'm not blaming them, but 
it gave us a chance to shine. So I'm saying that the hashkacha is blaringly obvious. You know, we, we were given a stage to be able to use yeah. our ability yeah. um, to yeah, a lot, wait, be Ari, Ari, explain what you're saying because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know what you're talking See, about. Meaning, yes, um, nowadays, you can just make a clip on YouTube. You right. can hide behind a lot of technology. Right. You can edit a lot of it. Right. A lot of people nowadays show me things that they've drawn, like draw, yeah. and I'm like, did, did you draw that? And he's like, well, on the iPad. And, I, and it turned out that they just cheated all the way through. In our times, it was you on the stage, and it was the talent that Hashem gave you. Right. There was no second take. nothing else yeah. there was no second take no you second stayed take. up for three nights straight rehearsing with everybody and that's where we really just jumped out of our shell and said true. all right everybody i may not have been the best student in school right. i may not know as much more as anybody else but i know how this has to look on stage right. and right. we would do everything we we painted the backdrops we you know and we were still counselors at the same time but then that glorious moment when when you the get that first up, laugh, I mean, when you get that first laugh in a comedy skit, I still till today speaking to however many people I've spoken to and however many crowds or however big they were, when you get that first laugh in a camp comedy skit, that first real real laugh, there's nothing like that. That is a there's, drug there's right like there. That. There is nothing like that. You know, Yas, um, do you know who the sponsor is of all this? Who's allowing this craziness to actually take place? Yes, Ari, we're on the same WhatsApp group. So, well, some of us check our WhatsApps, Jesse, and then others. So <laughs> just in case true. you haven't looked at it, because we sent it within the day, Yasi, it is the most covert operation within any Jewish culture ever. It is the amazing. Ari, yeah, go ahead, say it. I am, I, am, I am such a fan of this organization. It is the incredible, indubitable Yad Laachim. Now, Everyone has heard the name Yad Lachem, but but people don't realize they are, in my opinion, the coolest organization on earth. They 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 run black ops for Jews. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, we have the honor right now, though, to pull in the U.S. director of the uh, of Yad Lachem, the U.S. director of Yad Lachem, Rabbi Nassanel Gans, who's going to explain to us exactly what it is they do. But I'm telling you now, I have been obsessed with this organization for years because I always wanted to go on a mission. Rabbi Nassanel Gans. Well, yeah, see, listen, I planned be- this Shabbos. What's that, Rabbi Nassanel? Give me a second because I want to say something. This Shabbos, I plan on playing Yad Lachem with my kids on the floor with G.I. Joes. That's what I plan to do. It's <laughs> a great idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Reb Nassanel. Go ahead, please. That sounds great. By the way, for the next rescue mission, Yossi and Ari, we're going to call you up. I don't know how you're going to dress up so you know, covertly, you guys, but we'll have to figure it out. So, <laughs> But it's really, really a schuss to be here. I thank you so much for having me on. And like you say, it is the greatest organization. Yad Lachem not just runs covert operation. It's really saving Jewish lives. Rescuing Jewish women and children that are trapped in our villages, otherwise known as the Great Mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim. You have girls that come from broken backgrounds, broken homes, and for many reasons they end up trapped in an Arab village and, and they want to save, we want to save their life. And there's no one else that can help them but Yad Lachem. We do lots of preventative work, 21 social workers that are dealing with girls on a daily basis. And according to studies, there's over 25,000 Jewish women trapped in Arab villages. But unfortunately, when they do end up there, they call Yad Lachem to help save their lives. 
And, you know, the cost of an average rescue mission costs over $18,000, which includes saving them rehabilitation, shelter, and so much more. And that's why we're so happy we're part of the Two Cents podcast, although we're really hoping that the listeners will come through with a lot more than the Two Cents, right? Like I said, it's over $18,000 to sponsor a, a rescue, but everything helps. So it's really great to be here. Matter of fact, we set up a special website specifically for this podcast called saveaworld.org, www.saveaworld.org, saveaworld.org, because really, when you save a Jewish life, you're really saving a whole world. That, not just that kid, all the future generations you're saving. We have so many kids today that are religious and living free, happy lives that we saved, and they're married now. A lot of the women that we rescued then are now married. Great stories we have, and all the future generations are in people's clothes. So I'm really happy. Yalachim is very fortunate to be part of this podcast, and we really think it's going to be a great symbiotic relationship. Wow! Thank you so much, of Nasano. I can't. I can't wait. I mean, eighteen thousand dollars to do a uh, to do a rescue makes a lot of sense because hi, I'm saying we're saving lives times a thousand. <laughs> that's just wow. that's what exactly is what is happening when this goes down. It's it's ex- it's exactly what it is, and I'm really really happy to be here. So we also set up a phone number for people who still do use that. They use the phone seven one eight six three three two three four zero seven one eight. 633-2340. Remember, there are people who actually listen to podcasts and not only watch them. So you can also visit saveaworld.org and please help us save a world. And look forward to all the future times together and help save Jewish lives. Amen. Thank you so, so much for this incredible schloss. Rav you are my superhero. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Yassi, it is such a schloss to have spoken to somebody so incredible who dedicates his life to making sure that yeah, did you know twenty five thousand Jewish princesses? All right, it's 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 uh, mind blowing. It, it, it's really mind blowing. It's, it, it's petrifying. It's petrifying. Oh, you know, it's mind blowing. And these guys risk these guys risk the their lives. They risk their lives. They go in there and they save them. It's it's. It's really unbelievable. And as you know, Ravnasano pointed out to us, the the rescue mission, and it's so funny, to two cowards like you and I, the rescue mission, he said, is the easy part. <laughs> yeah. It's the easy We're part. like, uh, I don't know about that. But really, it's the afterwards, setting them up. I mean, they save these people so with yes, nothing. And then I, they I, set I them up. That. So listen, yes, I'm excited throughout the rest of our podcast that we have. We will be discussing all of the different aspects. But right now, yes, let's get right back in to our awesome episode. People don't know, but I grew up with a stutter. Um, I don't mean we had a brother named Stutter. I mean that I, I well, that's, uh, yes, those are the jokes. Those are the jokes. It didn't even work because you, you didn't say I grew up with Stutter. You said I grew up with a Stutter. So it would have been Yossi. like, that's not Guess like what? It's 2020. <laughs> I'm going to tell Nahi to just edit the word uh <laughs> from that sentence and make it work. We're not on stage in Romamu anymore. Right, yeah, we can right. use technology. Yeah. Rabbi Isai, yeah. you can use technology for the good of clients, role and to make jokes work when you screwed up the first time. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but when I got on stage, and I'm not saying that I'm like Bruce Willis, but he has the same thing. He grew oh. up stuttering as well. But when he got on stage, yeah, see, I live in LA all the time. Yeah, all day, there's only are, one are just, thing to compare yourself to. I got it. They come running up to me like, Bruce, Bruce. And I'm like, oh. you know, how do they know I'm Batman? Uh, until, until it happens that um, they realize, I realize that they meant, they meant Bruce Willis. And I stop him and I say no. And, and constantly we're being always mistaken. I'm, 
By the way, at this point, I'm sure Bruce Willis is getting stopped, and people are saying to him, Rabbi Ben Shushan, you know, what are you doing yeah, eating that McDonald's? Yeah, yeah. Why are you that, eating in a kosher restaurant? Right, yeah. right that, that's, uh, that's how that happens. So point is that, but when I got up on stage, Hashem gave me this feeling of just being fearless, of just knowing that what I have can connect. So Baruch Hashem, we were given those opportunities. So I brought that up just because the Hashgacha was blaring and it just came down to talent of Hashem giving us the ability and having to just be on, having to be able to just... So can you, can anybody start a podcast? Can anybody affect the world? I, I don't know if anybody can. I don't know if everybody's supposed no, but to. That's but that's my point, like, is that I don't saying? think everyone, right, I think everyone right. shoots for that thing, like to, to make a podcast or to what do you call it, but I, I don't think they need to do that. People are meant to look into the hashgacha of their life. See the parents that Hashem gave you. See the instances that Hashem put you in. Oh, so many people ask, but you know, I look into my talents. I don't think you have. If you did, so then you'd start to see where life is meant to be taking you. Right. And where I decided life is meant to be taking me, and let's face it, you know, let's give Rabbi Dovi the props of it because he's really the national Without a question, yeah. You know, uh, Rabbi Dovi would be the first one to get up and do his plays inside his camps, give his speeches, and um, by seeing that it's possible, uh, by seeing that he would go and give it off, now, I always looked at Reb Dovi as a massive Talmud Chacham. And I still do, obviously, uh, to this day. That hadn't changed. Um, but I remember... Yeah, when one thing a lot, from, of people, a lot of people mistake about... Uh, not mistake, but don't know, I guess, uh, about Dovi. Dovi's a, Dovi's a massive Talmud Chacham. He was a Reish Chabura for years over there in, 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 in Lakewood. In he Lakewood. Was, you know, yeah, he was... He, you know, he is massive, massive Talmud Chacham. They know him as so, a storyteller. Um, <laughs> Right, they, 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 they know that that's what he does. Yes, I know you're thinking what I'm thinking right now. Do we both have nope. an imitation nope. off nope. of the? <laughs> we're not allowed would, to. He right? would kill us. That's uh. That's uh. There's certain things we're still going to be leaving within the confines of our parents' house. <laughs> yeah, you know, this isn't a bear all. Our older brother can still beat us up, you know? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, he, he, he's still allowed to go ahead and do that. You know, our rule, okay, no, I'm going to have to stop right now. I, I can't, no. it's, 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 it's brutal. Nope, nope, we're not going to do it. No, but we're not. But we looked to Rabbi Dovi for his massive amount of Torah and understood that if you want to give over to the world, so then, like Masil Sasharam tells us all the way in the beginning, that to get people out of the maze, you have to be standing on a higher stand to be able right. to show them out of it. So um, we jumped just headstrong into all the things they didn't teach in yeshiva. Right. Derech Hashem. Yes, I listened to Rabbi Ephraim Waxman religiously for years and years and years just because his Torah was, in my mind, endless. Um, going through so many different um, svarim, aside from Mesilas Yisharim, aside from Derech Hashem, Shmona Esrei became my go-to because nobody was teaching Shmona Esrei. Nobody was learning it right. in depth. And these were the areas that I felt my neshama was connected to. And so therefore, we began to really jump at it and, and, and began to try and to have that. Right. So a lot of people, a lot of my students, a lot of people have asked me, you, your brothers, what did you guys do? Um, step one is, is that you have to figure out what kind of Tyra is your Tyra and, and really get into there understand what your talents are, see the hashkacha that Hashem has given you, and ultimately push yourself in that direction. Uh, that yeah. is step one. We, we ended up here now. We ended up doing this podcast. Um, this is where Hashem has put us at this moment. 
And whether we got the short end of the stick or not, I'm not sure. But from all the people who know me growing up, I can tell you, and I'm sure, yes, you have the same experience, that they're still shocked when they see Yossi Ben Shushan is a writer in Mishpacha magazine. Yeah, yeah, I'm you dyslexic. Know, just all, all, all the time. And Yossi claims to be dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. Um, yes, yes, that is that true? It is. So okay. I, I, was, I, I got diagnosed by someone in Israel when I was in Israel. Uh, later on, one of my Rebbeim uh-huh. um, asked me to go to someone, and he's like, you know, you, you what do you call it? You got to – see, he said, you have – Baruch Hashem, it's not like the building. He's like, in Hebrew, he's like, you really got to – he said, but 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 he he gave me, like, these exercises, and Baruch Hashem, now, you know, I'm able to to get through, but it's still, it's still, you know, uh, um, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Rav Yom Kippur is the worst day of my year. Yes, yeah, I don't need Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur after I'm done trying to do a yes, Nadarim. Uh, uh, yeah, you're doing Hatar Snarim, but I'm happy you brought up exercise, yes, because uh, oh, he started wow. doing burpees. Okay. Okay. Here this we go. just happened. Here we go. I, I just. Can we just rewind for a words. second before you get to your, your exercise routine? I, okay, I, I can do 20 burpees in a row. Okay, that's it. That, that's all I want to say. I have dyslexia, say. but my brother has ADD, and it's a very severe case. <laughs> I can't say I did linguistic <laughs> exercises without him saying, well, I do burpees. Are you serious? I, I, so, it's, um, first of all, a lot of people, by the way, and this is something I'm, I'm running I'm just trying to into. tell you that exercise is hard. I, I, no, one, <laughs> no one thinks it's not. This is something I'm running into a lot uh, uh, lately, a lot. Uh, people thinking that Rabbi Duvi Ben Shushan is our father. Hmm. Do you, do you get that? Very ever? interesting. I get uh, it all the time, like say, all the time. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, by the way, people, people don't say, ask. People don't ask. They automatically think it. They'll come up and they'll be like, you know, I loved your, this, this, you know, this that you said, this that you said. They're like, but your father, oh, wow, he is good. I'm like, you don't know my father. <laughs> yeah, you don't know yeah, my father. No, you never heard my that. father. But yes, but for both of us, the worst thing is when people think that we're each other. That, that is, no, I was about to get to that part. Yeah, we're going to get to that part. But I'm just saying that like, so just so everyone understands, uh, my father is a rabbi now. He was an accountant. Uh, another point, by the way, that's very, I think, important. Yeah. My father was an accountant our whole lives. I, had, I didn't know that until I was like 15. I'll never forget. I asked one of my teachers in school. <laughs> at, now, this isn't a testament to anything other than Yassi Ben Shushan being me. But um, one of my teachers in school asked me, what is your father? I, I was saying, why do we need math? <laughs> and he said, what does your father do for a living? And I said, I don't know. And he said, okay, well, go find out. And... I was speaking to mommy and I asked her and she's like, yes, you don't know what Abba does. I'm like, no, like, what, what do I, it, it never, Abba was always sitting with a safer or, you know, he was, that, that was, a, so she was like, he's a CPA. So I'm like, okay. So I go back to the teacher and I'm like, he's a CPA. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Your father's an accountant and you want to know what you need math for. So, yep. you know, our father, we grew up, our father was going to the city every day on the train. Um, you know, he was a CPA, um, an accountant. You know, it was not, we didn't grow up sitting, you know, watching our father at the pulpit or, or you know, watching him give sheer somewhere. Or the most important thing in the world to him was tired. That is true. But I'm just saying that, like, it doesn't matter. It, none of it matters as long as you're pushing yourself out there. Um, uh, yeah, so a lot of people think that, that, so that's our father, right? A lot of people think Rabbi Dobie's our father. He's not. He's the oldest. He's the oldest brother. And I do think he just needs another moment of recognition because really he blazed the, the trail. I'm saying if yeah. he never got into speaking, 
um, or if he never got into Rabbanus at all, and, and Rabbi Dovi, I'm saying, he had plenty of options. There, there, there was a lot, you know, he was involved in a lot. He, he could have went any direction. And, you know, the fact that he went for, you know, in, influencing, you know, uh, uh, Yidin and, and the like, I think definitely blazed the trail for, for the rest of us, you know, without, yeah. without and, and a then, question. Well, we took a different path um, because we went to Rev Berkowitz. Uh, right. we, we went to Rev Yitzhak Berkowitz's colon art as well. Well, Avi went and first. Yes. That is so, our, our brother Avi went first. Um, I think we're going to agree to not talk about Avi on the podcast. It's just that, uh, you know, Avi is Avi and, and, and just Avi's he's a world in, in, into, into himself. Yeah. Avi is um, the best but, older brother in the world. Yeah. No, the most protective older brother. Yeah. So basically, um, we were in the bungalow colony 100 years ago. For people who don't know what a bungalow colony is, good for you. That's it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving it to explain it. Yeah, and um, basically in the Catskills, you go there for the summer so that you can survive another year of the smog back in Brooklyn. So there we are, and <laughs> you go we to were, clear out your I lungs, like, <laughs> out, right? Just to be able to just like, oh, this is a, this is amazing. This this is what they talk about, uh, the whole breathing the fresh air thing. So we show up there, and um, I was like ten, so Avi was like ten and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Avi was uh, whatever, uh, almost 12. And I had, you know, my stuttering. And some kid just like really, really, really was like driving us nuts about my stuttering. Everything I would say, they could like, like the whole time. And uh, we're like, dude, cut it out. And one day, another day, a week or two, whenever we see the kid, the kid would just drive. Ugh. The following one day, the kid like just like came to us. And, and the kid was just really. So Avi is an older brother. Avi went and pushed the kid down to the floor and said, don't make fun of my brother. And uh, I'll never forget, the kid went running home crying. It was a Friday, so his father was home from working in the city. His father came over to Avi and said, you pushed down my son? I was petrified. And Avi, God bless his soul, Avi picked up his bike. Avi picked up his BMX little bike, lifted it over his head, walked up to this guy and said to him, your son made fun of my brother's stutter. Nobody does that. I will throw this in your face if you think your son was allowed to do what he did. And the father got steered down by Leonidas. <laughs> you know, hey, the father saw there was no fear. Yeah. There was no fear. And the father was just lucky that Avi thought to not throw the bike before he spoke. Right, yeah. And the father just backed away. I don't know what the father told his kid. Right. But Avi and I, I'm not sure what back because I took care I of it or if you told this kid to stay away from you. those Ben Shushan boys. <laughs> yeah, you stay away from those crazy Ben Shushan boys. But Avi was and will always be the greatest older brother to us. This is true. Uh, he went to Rev Berkowitz first. Yossi and I saw that that's the place to become a Talmud Chacham. I, you know, that's the place. And Yossi, the first time I sat by Rev Berkowitz, that first Maral Chumisha that he gave, yep. remember, was Parshas Vayechi. And uh, I'm going to get emotional, yes. He, uh, right, shocking. <laughs> he, he gave Vayechi, and I didn't have a notebook yet. I had to borrow one of Avi's graph papers. Avi writes in graph Avi paper. Avi writes I, in I graph don't know. paper, that's right. Yeah, if that, if that isn't the making of an evil villain, <laughs> I don't know what is. Writing everything on graph paper, even so Avi's also letters. very good at construction, like... As a talent, yeah. he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's like an artist with yeah, it. Yeah. And I think it's all those years of using graph paper. <laughs> just, graph paper that it just figured out right angles like nobody's business. Avi, uh, Avi lends me his graph paper, and I still have it to this day in my notes. And I wrote down 
that piece of morale that Rev Berkowitz said, and it was such clarity of truth. Yes. So that was lunchtime. It. Lunchtime, my wife came. We used to meet in the park to have lunch. No, no, that wasn't by lunchtime. That was a different story, because he he gave that the hashkafa share after lunch. Right. I went home that night from the first time by Rev Berkowitz. That night, I sat at the table. My wife made supper. We were married for only a few months, and I started crying. And she said, what? And I said, I didn't think I'd ever find a Rebbe. Mm. You know, from years and years of Yiddish, and, and do you have a TV, and you're a stutterer, and you don't have the know-it-all, and maybe you should just become an artist, or just stay away, and not you, it's just not the place. Nobody ever really showing much of an interest or me connecting. And I heard that one piece of Torah from Rev Berkowitz, and it entered into my neshama, and I said, this is my path. This is the one who's going to give it to me. Right. And he gave it to, to Avi, yes, he gave it to you. He gave, I mean, you, Baruch Hashem, had other great Rebbeim and Torah, Simcha, Avi as well. Yeah. I had the... But, but, but as far as I go, that, you know, that, that was certainly the path. And then, and then after that... It was all she wrote for me. You know, after that, um, I, I graduated from Berkowitz. I opened my own yeshiva. I opened up Ruach Haim, And uh, that lasted for six years, uh, along with some, uh, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but a great, great partner to open up the yeshiva with. Uh, then we uh, went to Ar Sameach. You helped me get that to go and to have the job there in Derech. We'll talk about Rabbi Brickman, Bezrat Hashem. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then now this, you know, and, and this is where we're up to, where Hashem guided our lives. Hashem literally made sure for us to have every opportunity right. and God made sure for us to miss Without every, every yeah. seeming opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashem made was, sure to yeah. have us miss, not have the Rebbeim pinch our cheek too much or say mm-hmm. that they like us. Not have all the people fawn over us and care for us because that gave us a certain bitterness that demanded of us brilliance, that yeah. demanded of us to stand on our talent and to push ourselves. No, but I'm saying, yeah. in com- I'm, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. Tyra. Yeah. I'm talking about in comedy. I'm talking about I'm yeah. putting together a speech. I'm talking about and trying to connect to the people of today. That, it, But a lot of people think, oh, if I only had this or that opportunity. Missing that opportunity was the greatest thing in the world for you because it would have molded you into something that God had never intended. Yeah, so I, you know, it's 100% true, but I think missing opportunity is also, it it goes even further than that. What if you would have gotten this crazy opportunity to become a comic book artist? What if I, and I I was given that opportunity. Right, Uh, and I had an opportunity. You remember that? I'm not going to say their names, you know, in, 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 you know, with a company that, that, uh, to, to write comedy for them or whatever, you know, we had all these opportunities, you know, Baruch Hashem, these opportunities um, required us not to be lazy. <laughs> it required us to do a little bit more. And, and you know, whatever the case, but I'm just saying, like, Baruch Hashem, you know, those opportunities weren't so glaring or such a thing. You know, th- be thankful for the opportunities you also didn't get because a, a lot of times they're going to pull so you really, away from... So what, really, what, what we're trying to come across in this first episode, to, to begin to wrap up, I don't even know how long we've been going over No, here. no, no. We, we, but, we, 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 still have, we still have a few minutes. But, but from, you know, in high school, I went to, I went to Darche, um, I'll say, and I, uh, I, I, had, I had, you know, I had summer bam, I got, mostly it was on me. Like, I had summer bam, I got along with, 
you know, incredible. Rabbi Epstein was like tremendous in my life. Rabbi Waxman, it's Rabbi Rabbi Waxman, Rabbi uh, Fryan Waxman's brother, um, Pinchas Waxman. Um, you know, they they unbelievable, unbelievable Rebbeim. But um, there was a certain thing I felt I was still, you know, uh, lacking as I don't know what. And I went to, um, and I gained so much from them. And, and at that time, in that place, it was exactly what I needed. And then I met Rav Asher, and that, that knocked me on my side. Like there, was, there was a certain uh, a reality there, and a certain, it was exactly what I needed at that point. I met Rav Friedlander. Say, Yossi, say his name. Rav Asher Zellegrubenstein. Rav Asher Zellegrubenstein, who I named my youngest son, uh, Ashi, uh, Asher Zellig. Now Zellig Ben Shushan, this poor kid's running around with that name. Um, <laughs> After and uh, Rav Asher Zelig really, he, he was one of the first ones that really um, uh, turned to me, you know, in a setting not of, you know, I'm here to make sure you don't fall to the worst crowd or make sure that you don't do the wrong thing or make sure he was there solely to say you're you have to make a big, big impact in Kali Israel. And I need you to cut out any stupidity you're doing in your life so that you could do that. And it was a constant struggle between us, but it was, it was you know, I had Rabbi Friedlander. But when we got to, when I got to Rabbi Berkowitz for the first time, you know, uh, you know, th- there's no way Words. to really describe. I-, I like to tell people who does Kira von Kohl, guys, because... If you go in line. there, you go in there thinking you know everything. Right? We grew up from. I think we went to a a a a, a Yiddish we very elementary yeshiva. school. Yeah, yeah. School. We went to a cheder. We went to. I'm saying, what what didn't we really know in from kite? Like the the, the basics and, and, of and philosophy. Yes, yes, saying, yes, yeah, yeah. No, say it more. Not only did we we heard it yeah, a hundred no, times we, already. We, every argument, over and over and over. You're going to hear. And then you sit down and you're like, all right, Chumashir, you know, let's, uh, let's get a rangaton in Chumashir. And then he just starts daily. That, that's the most mind-blowing part of it. Daily. He sat there dropping these truth bombs that you're sitting there and you're like, wait, what? Like, what? No. Yeah. No. Because, because no, right? He said things like someone just sent me this one from him, and and this one I heard him say it. I was there when he said it, but but it was so when he said something like, and nowadays everyone's running around quoting, and everyone's right. So you might have heard this already, but you know I wasn't there that long ago. But twelve years ago, no one was saying these things. There was no hashtag thank you Hashem's running around. There was no right. you know where he said if the Rambam was alive nowadays, he would add an ani mamin, ani mamin oh. that Hashem loves me. Yep. So huge. Boom. So huge. Rebrekwood said, I have no no question in my mind if the Rambam today was writing his Yud Gimel Ikorim of Emuna. And then he stops for a second. He would have stopped right there. Right here. He would have paused. One of them would have been that Hashem loves me. Just just, just just such a powerful tool. It's partial. And, and, and yeah. And, what? And, you and don't you see it today? Right? Eight I, years ago, eight years ago, I was sitting in the coal and someone asked Rabbi Berkowitz, this is when I think it was Korea or something was like the big deal in the world. They were going to take North over the Korea. world. And they were going to, and they asked Rabbi Berkowitz, it was Iran and Korea and they were going to, there was going to be a conglomerate and all the WhatsApp things everyone was getting and all the news guys were positive about this. Like, this was the thing that if you didn't know about the Korea-Iran thing that was going on then, you, you're a fool. 
even if you're the, you're a fool because how can you be so you know disconnected from from this is important this is important to know nowadays you walk around no one has any idea what it was anymore no one no no one will even remember but back then it was the major major focus and someone asked I forgot what came up but someone asked in the in the Ashkafa share someone asked Rabbi Berkowitz what is the biggest the single biggest threat to Klal Yisrael nowadays he didn't miss a beat he didn't miss a beat. He said liberals. Liberal wow, America. Then. then. Right, right. And everyone's looking around. They're like, what? Like what the flowery run around except everyone people? Who cares about them? They're harmless. They're idiots, but they're harmless. Yeah. They're not going to. They're fools. What, what's the difference? What are they going to do? Liberals. Now, now we look around. They're the most dangerous thing on earth. Yeah. What the, was it? Ruach Hakadosh wasn't Ruach Hakadosh, and this is how I got such a simple understanding of Emunas Chachamim from him, which is that it's not Ruach Hakadosh, it's not magic, it's not even kedusha, it's MS. When yeah, it's you Yashros live and, MS. and breathe MS and Yashros, you can see the future. You can yep. you can truly see Arayas Anoilad. You can really see what's going to happen because yes, you you you, yes, get, you develop I, the sensitivity I, for it. I want to go a step deeper. Seeing the future is no big deal. It's being able to pull away all of the layers and see in the moment right. what it is that is truthfully the root of whatever evil it is that everybody else is running around without any kind of an idea or clarity and to remain calm within it to be able to decipher what is truly the root of everything and where it needs to be uprooted. Right. Uh, you know, Rebbe had that. Uh, still has that. Has that. Baruch Hashem. So, um, so then we decided that that's it. You know, we, we decided that we're going to go and, and, and push ourselves. We were amongst a community of um, Kolel, uh, Younger Light that were great. Biggest days, uh, in biggest Jerusalem, days. Kolel. Everybody who was looking to really, really grow and looking to really, really change. And Baruch Hashem, we're both in touch with so many of them to this day. And now it comes to present day. Now it comes to so what made what I think what 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 made you choose L.A. So um, now I'm in Los Angeles, and the question is why or how. It's quite interesting. I was teaching in Arsameach, very very happy in L.A. Uh, I'm sorry, very very happy in Israel. This is hard, you know. Very happy there. Uh, the kids Baruch Hashem are doing well in school which uh, for Svaradim, that's not such a small statement. That's something very big, but they were. I was getting paid, you know, or Sameach doesn't pay much, but we were able to basically cover the bills. But Rav Berkowitz, whenever I would see him, he would say to me, if Ari Ben Shushan lived and died as a Rebbe in a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, that would be a waste of your entire life. And, you know, yes, a shocking story. And I want to tell you a guddle. A shocking story is, is that, when I went to Rev Berkowitz to tell him that I'm going to be taking the job in Arsameach because I couldn't find other jobs then in America, he said to me then, he said to me, okay, take the job, be there for a few years, but always keep your eyes open for what it is you should be doing to help out the Yidden in America. That's what it, now, but, but listen to this, Yas. I get up and I leave from his house. I open the door and Rabbi Brickman, the one who's hiring me in Arsameach, is standing right there, my future boss. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I had to ask Rabbi Berkowitz something. Great, I leave. Rabbi Berkman tells me the next day, you know, Rabbi Berkowitz told me something so interesting. I said, what? 
He said, well, when I walked into the room, you had just walked out. So I said to Rabbi Berkowitz, you know, I'm hiring your student, Ari Ben Shushan. And Rabbi Berkowitz said to Rabbi Brickman, he's a great catch. Don't ever let him go. That's <laughs> a good <laughs> Now, I, you'd wonder, once he so just big. gave contradictory, he just gave contradictory advice. To me, he told me, keep your eyes open. And the answer is, it's not a contradiction. That's As great. a gadol, he sees what everybody needs for their own self. For Ari Ben Shushan, you have the talent. You should go out and try to affect the world as much as you can, and it'll be bigger for you in America. As opposed to... When it comes to uh, Rabbi Brickman and our Sameach, well, you have your yeshiva and you should do what is great for you. Exactly. So I kept my eyes open, yes, and I decided that I'm going to try to do as much as I can. Rabbi Shlomo Farhi, Shlita, another alumni from, um, from Rev Berkowitz, came along and uh, he told me about his Chazak program, which is really an incredible thing. We'll talk about it maybe a different time. But just basically, it was the greatest um, source of what I felt could be to affect the entire world. I was sitting in my house, yes, and I was so distraught. I was so just broken uh, about this decision. How do I leave Israel? How do I take my kids and go to L.A.? The reason why I picked L.A. is because I had so many students over here and such a big Sephardic community, and Chazak made sense. I did all of the visits and the pilot trip, and everybody said, yes, we would like to have you, and yes, you can do great over here, and everything made sense except for my heart. Everything made sense except for my heart. Yes, there was one morning, I woke up, and, you know, I couldn't go to shul. I, I, I couldn't go for shakras. I, I, I was so depressed. I remember this. I, uh, I, I got out. I, I went downstairs. I had a coffee. I put on my tefillin. I started to daven, and I couldn't daven. I opened up. I looked up with my tefillin and talus on. I started crying. I said, Hashem, I, um, I, I need you right now. I'm putting my whole family's life on the line for you, for everything that it seems like you've led me to. Please show me some kind of significant sign. Yes, I pulled this chumash off the shelf. I pulled off this guy off the shelf. And I just opened it. I don't know how to do a gairul hagra, But I know, like David HaMelech says in Nun Aleph and Tehillim, Hashem just wants a broken heart. And my heart was broken wide open. So I broke open my chumash. And I just looked. And look at the Pasuk, yes. Vayim Hashem al Now I'm a Levi. And Hashem said, well, firstly, the first post I saw right before that was I was afraid of the income. I was afraid of the money. So first, Don't worry. The trumot will come. It'll come with you. We have a chok olam forever. But okay, there was nice. But here was the main one. This is Perek Yunches Posekhaf. In the land, you don't dwell. You don't, you don't dwell in Eretz Yisrael. Ari, you don't have a place over there. You don't have a chalik. I'm your chalik. And you're nachal. It has to be amongst the Yidin. So yes, that's why I moved to LA. 
it's not easy living according to the things that you feel are right and what you have to do. So many people think and believe, well, yeah, the Menchushans, uh, you go, you, you give speeches and everybody. It's the greatest yeah. sacrifice to live this. Yeah. But how can you not live this? Right. By us, right. We, so funnily enough, I mean, you know, if we're really doing origins here, so me and you lived across the street from each other in Israel for, for most of those years, if not all those years. We, uh, and that's our next episode. From each other. What's that? Our next episode. Our next episode. Living in Israel yeah, yeah, versus yeah, yeah. living in America. It's yeah, going to be yeah, our I'm next episode. Saying. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah ahead. I'm just saying. We, uh, we, lived, um, you know, we lived across the street from each other and we, we left at the same time. And um, yeah, it was time. It was time to, to start affecting and start doing on a, on a bigger level. We were looking for places to live. And, you know, it, it was, uh, there, there was a lot. There was a lot going into uh, us coming, but we knew it was the right decision. We were so happy there. We loved it there. We really, really did. It was, we had the greatest of friends and the greatest. It, it was amazing, but it was time. Um, Those were our greatest and years. And I, I always say that. Ari and I actually did this very differently. We, we, we did this on, I think, I think in our line of work, we would call this just two opposite ends of a spectrum, where I came here um, with, without a job. I, I, I didn't have a job when I moved to America. My, uh, my wife did. Um, we decided to move to Cleveland because when I went around looking, Cleveland was the, closest, was the shortest drop for me from, from Israel. It was a small town. It was, um, you know, wholesome people, just, you know, not, not very materialistic, not very, you know, and, and I just, I loved the community. I went around the community. I just loved the people there and I loved the community. And, you know, the schools seemed so warm and loving and it was just, you know, it seemed like the right fit. It was very affordable and I didn't have a job, so that was going to be great, you know. But, but even without the affordability, I, it really, there was something that was pulling me there and I, I, I really, we had no family here. We had no one here. We had one friend that was living here. I, I didn't really know anyone yet or anything. And we moved in and there's a lot of Seattle Deshmaya here. I, I can't go into right now. But one of the singular greatest experiences of my life or most teachworthy teaching experiences or learning experiences of my whole life was when I moved here without a job, without anything. And I was here for about two weeks already. My wife had a job. I was going to be playing a, a stay-at-home dad and learning and, and, and the like. And I went to shul, and I got there a little bit early because I, I mistook the Shocking. time. Shocking. <laughs> Not. <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- never in the history of the life of Yossi Menchushan has he gotten there early because I had to get my gartel on. It never, it never once happened. <laughs> so I got there early by accident, complete and absolute accident. And um, the, the rabbi was giving a shear. To, it seemed like a Bali Chuva or something in the, on the side. And they were, it, was like a, it, was, it seemed like a Rambam shear in, in, uh, about uh, halacha. And one guy was just asking so many philosophical questions and a halacha share, just, it didn't belong. It just didn't make any. And the rabbi, I'm not going to say he was out of his depth, but like he's never been to Arsameach. He's never been to Arsameach. And the questions this guy was asking, they were very simple to, so I was sitting there and I turned to the guy and I said, well, I mean, when you think about it, and I gave him some answer and the guy looked at me, he's just sitting there staring at me and he goes, um, actually I was asking the rabbi. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm yeah. not that guy. I'm not that a guy. A little humility. I'm not yeah. the guy. And then I left there and I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm a nobody. Like I went from being in Israel, from being in Arsameh, from being in all these things. And everyone wanted me to speak. And I'm to, to being a nobody. 
Like no one, people would like come up to me, like they're like, oh, you just moved here. So what do you do for a living? And I had to tell them I don't have a job. Like I, I'm a nobody. <laughs> I got nothing. Weird. I'm, I'm, and I was going around and going around and I, I had nothing. It was the most humbling, beautiful experience of my whole life. I, I cannot tell you how amazing it was. It was, I looked around and I said, the world is open right now. I, I might have to drive Uber in order to, to make the bills here so that I can live. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, we, we heard about the salary from Israel to my wife's job here. And we're like, we can live like kings. <laughs> and then you come here and you're like, no, you can't, by the way. No, you no, can't. Not even a little. And no. you're like, so I was like, I was looking at all these different jobs. And the finally, you know, I, I um, you know, there weren't a lot of rebellion or anything like that jobs open. And I finally said, okay, I got to, I'm going to go join the workforce of things. So I was going to start working again in like a sort of rehab type of thing, but I would have to start low level because any experience that I had or anything that I had in Israel um, didn't transfer and didn't make any sense here for them. So I would basically be starting in their office, like filling out paperwork for people and then working my way up. And I'd be with a bunch of 21 year olds at best. And here I am 35, you know, uh, uh, joining them and, and, and I was a little dejected. And then I got a call from this, um, from this uh, Rabbi Kutov, big tzaddik over here, unbelievable person in, uh, in the high school over here. And he said, uh, he said, you know, hey, you know, come on through. And the truth is, just before I say that, the truth is I was enjoying the time. I wasn't stressed at all. I was really enjoying yeah, the well, off after time. all those years Israel, of working. Yeah, Israel was a little bit crazy. And I, I, was, I wasn't only holding down the Rebbe's job, which the Rebbe's job in Israel is 24 hours, at, at seven days a week. You're on Shabbos also. You're, it's 24 you hours, seven it, days yeah. a week. Yeah. And I was running um, with uh, Shmuel Rosenberg. I was running a place called uh, C2C Counseling. Um, and it was uh, it was it was a lot of work. You know, we were working with a lot of addicts and we had to go to Tel Aviv and we had to go here and we had to go there. It was, it, it was a lot and it was grueling. It was, and it was dangerous a lot of times and it was, it was a lot. So I, I, um, I invited that break just to sit down and learn a little bit and have my own time. And, but, um, Rabbi, uh, but I'll never forget that feeling of, of not knowing and not having and, and having nobody know that you can do anything, speak or, or anything like that. Rabbi Kutov called me and he said, you know, I heard that um, you've worked with addictions before, whatever it is. You know, it's always important for high school kids to hear about the dangers out there. Can you come to my high school? And, um, you know, I don't know if you can speak or anything, but maybe give just a little demonstration, just a few minutes. Wow. So aye, aye, aye. so I uh, so I didn't say anything. I just said yes. And then I came in and he uh and he hired me the next week uh, you know he didn't uh he wasn't looking for a rebbe or a mashkiach which is what i ended up being um but uh but and now we built up the yeshiva Baruch Hashem. it's it's uh you know we got a lot of guys we got unbelievable things but the yad hashem over there was incredible but i will never so for all those people out there that are just like you know what are you talking about i'm driving uber no one wants to hear my tyra no one wants to hear my uh no that's not true that, that's not true. If you have the passion, you have the want, and you have the, and everyone should. You know, Rabbi Berkowitz always speaks about the Sherish Hanashama. You got to find how your Sherish Hanashama connects to affecting Kal Yisrael. And that, that's the key. Yeah. And if you just said to yourself, no, I don't have one, you're lying. So now let's just go back and find it. It's there. Every, the Zohar says it's there. 
You want to battle him after 120? Go ahead. But the Zohar says that every single person has their Shari Shana If you want to be in denial over it, I guess you can. But yeah. there was no question in my mind, and, and I owe this to Robert, because I always to a lot of people that after I did move here, something was going to present itself, something was going to happen. I knew my wife was happy oh, here, sure. and that was going to be a big sign for me that, like, uh, you know, it was going to work out. So that was me, you know, that was basically me uh, uh, moving to Cleveland um, and how, uh, how Hashem, uh, what I call it. And that brings us up, I think, uh, till today, you know. To date. Um, we started recording the show right. over here, and it went from there and just till we sat here. All right, Yas, thank you so, so much, everybody, for listening. And be sure to tune into our next podcast where we talk about our life and times in Israel versus America. I am Ari Ben Shushan. That's my brother, Yasi Ben Shushan. We are The Two Cents, and we will see you next time. What's up, guys? Nachi Gordon here from Meaningful Minute. Hope you enjoyed episode one of The Two Cents podcast with Rabbi Ari and Rabbi Yasi Ben Shushan. Of course, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Most importantly, you can listen to it on the Meaningful Minute app. Go check it out there. It may be posted a few days earlier there than everywhere else. If you're more of a visual person, you can go ahead on YouTube and head to Meaningful Minute's channel. Make sure to subscribe and watch it there. Hope you enjoyed and we're looking forward to hearing your feedback.